Bible study. It's great to see you all tonight. Exciting. Good to see you. Welcome, Kaylin, all the way from Bangkok, Thailand. We welcome you. You're one of those listeners. We have quite a number of downloads in Thailand, actually. Yeah. It's one of our top ten countries that downloads the podcast. Yeah. Downloading. Keep going. Doing great. Yes. Nikki, hello. Welcome. Good to see you. All right. Hi. Hi. Good to see you. Don. What's going on? Yes, Bible study. Thanks for reminding me. Let's uh, start our time in prayer. Heavenly Father, thanks for uh, time, place, opportunity to meet. We give you thanks that you're here as we've gathered in the name of Jesus, that you are here in our midst, and so we thank you for that. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, God, for the love that you pour out. We ask that we'd have ears to hear what the Holy Spirit would be saying tonight. Uh, We ask also that we'd be able to receive your word, uh, receive your instruction, receive your encouragement. Receive your correction, receive, God, your forgiveness and your love tonight, your mercy and your grace. God, thanks for being here. We ask that you would lead us, you would guide us. We ask, God, that you would open up your word to us. We pray good, powerful revelation. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to open to Psalm 36. If you need a Bible, you can grab one off the table. Uh, We have Bibles here for you to use, and you can also uh, feel free to take a Bible with you. If you would like a Bible, need a Bible, you know someone who needs a Bible, you can have that. We obtain Bibles to give away, so it's our gift to you, if you would like it. And as you're opening up, we just want to remind you, take this opportunity to remind you that we do have an interactive feature Uh, with our Bible study, and it's through a website at www.speakpipe.com slash, all one word, Monday Night Bible Study. And if you go to that website, to that web address, uh, there's a button that you can toggle, and you can leave us a message. Uh, That message can be anything. It could be a question. It could be a comment. It could be something good God's doing. It could be you just want to say hi. Uh, whatever that is. So we'd love to hear from you. Again, www.speakpipe.com slash Monday Night Bible Study. All one word. Leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Psalm 36, verses 5 and 6. Anybody like to read that? Thanks. A uh, couple verses there from Psalm 36. That's a song. All right, that's a song. Uh, you could put it to music and sing it. it. It talks about God. Three main themes there are mercy, faithfulness, and righteousness. Those are the three things we're talked about mainly. And so we're going to discuss some of that tonight. But it's a song that's a description of God's nature and character which is uh, kind of important for us to understand who God is because 
a lot of people you know, talk about different things, different ideas about who he is. They have a lot of different opinions. You know, some of us were brought up with ideas about God that weren't true. And it's just something that's just a part of really, for us, it's our discovery process of discovering who God is for ourselves and taking the time to do that. And not taking the word of someone else or the belief or the opinion of someone else, but to really take hold of that for ourselves and, and to really discover that for ourselves. I know when I became a Christian, I had been around and brought up in a church environment quite a while uh, as a child. And so I had all these ideas about God, and that's just what I was told. And as I went on my own discovery process as a university student, I, I started seeing that that really wasn't who he is, and it wasn't how he revealed himself, and it wasn't the way that he really wants us to know him. And no fault of anybody, just they, maybe they were misinformed or they didn't know, but I needed to know. I needed to find out. I needed to discover that. And so this psalm is a good, a good spot to really begin some discovery and to be willing to take hold of that discovery and let, as you discover more things about God, let that begin to displace some of the bad ideas. You know, that's kind of key to what we're doing here. Uh, we, we want to say, God, give me revelation. Well, for what? Well, so you can displace some bad ideas. Uh, maybe you, you're filling up empty space. Good. Maybe you don't know anything, good, then that revelation fills that empty space. But a lot of times we have things in that space and we need to really think about what it means to displace some bad ideas, to displace some things that need to go and, and to allow for that process to happen. And uh, the other thing I'll say about that is don't think you're disrespecting someone because you're displacing their idea. And, and that anyone could be mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, it could be anybody like that. And, and don't think you're disrespecting them. You're not. They, they probably had to go through some type of a discovery process themselves to get to where they were. It's expected that you do the same. Uh, we don't raise our children to not ask questions. We raise, our, we raise our children to ask questions and to discover things and to learn things. And we have an expectation that they're not going to be the same as they were when they were five years old, when they're 30, hopefully. Hopefully they'll grow, hopefully they'll mature, hopefully they'll discover new things, hopefully they'll be educated, hopefully they will find a career, be a professional of some kind or whatever it is that would lie in their path. But we have that expectation and so we're, we're not disrespecting anyone by understanding something. We're not disrespecting anyone by discovering something and taking hold of ideas for ourselves and owning them. So. I wanted to say that because I think it's a natural process for us to do things like that and to grow like that. So I want to talk about the three things I mentioned. I mentioned mercy, faithfulness, and righteousness. And so as you read this, these two verses from the psalm, it begins by talking about God's mercy and that it reaches to the heavens. Kind of an interesting uh, picture that you have there. Well, how high are the heavens? They're really high. All right? They're really way up there. And if you've ever been in a tall building, you know how high you are in a tall building. Well, they're higher than that. I mean, you didn't reach the sky, right, in a, in a tall building. Or you've been up in a, an airliner, and you've been flying over wherever you're flying to. 
you're still, you're up in the sky, but have you reached the heavens yet? I mean, you're just, you're up there, okay? And you can look down on things and, and gain that perspective. But his mercy reaches the heavens. And when it talks about his mercy, in the, in the sense of the Old Testament here, in the Hebrew language, the, that word mercy, it has meanings that in the New Testament would be translated things like loving kindness and love and grace. Those are all things that it may be translated as in the New Testament. And so I want you to think about loving kindness or love and grace and how big those are and how far they reach, that they reach up to the heavens. Somebody, if you would, look at Psalm 5710. And as you're turning there, we're going to look at the two things here. We're going to look at mercy and faithfulness. And, and, and I want you to think about this about us not narrowing God's reach with either one of these things. All right? And so we're talking about mercy right now, or loving kindness, love, and grace. Don't narrow his reach in this, but let this speak for what it says. How far, how big is his mercy? Well, it's as high as the heavens. Right? That fills the whole earth. How, how far is that? Well, it's a lot higher than you can jump, right? All right, so you can't jump out of his mercy. You can't jump out of his love or his loving kindness or his grace. That by your own physical ability, you can't run past it. You can't jump past it. That, that you're not able to get away from it, in other words. And so don't limit its reach into your life. Its reach is greater than you can get away from. Its reach is greater than you can run from. And so the reach of his mercy and grace and love and loving kindness is bigger than maybe you thought. So don't limit that by your old thoughts. Don't limit that by, by some other means that, that God never intended. But let him define that for you. It's like, God, define your love, define your grace, your loving kindness. How big is your mercy, God? Let him define it. Well, it's as high as the heaven reaches to the heavens. That's huge. So don't limit that yourself. Why would you? Well, and, and I want to encourage you not to. And you could ask, well, why would anyone? Well, people have their reasons. Organizations have their reasons. Big, big, uh, big organizations and, and, and big uh, gatherings of people have their reasons for trying to limit that, especially if they try to establish themselves as the one who doles it out, if you kind of understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. All right, so, so if you're the, the centralized source of mercy, love, and grace from God, then, then you limit what you're going to tell people they can receive themselves because you want the power to do it when in fact the bible declares even old testament new testament wise that his mercy his grace his love his loving kindness they reach the heavens it's huge and it's bigger and it's greater it's greater than organizations it's greater than than any of these things these gatherings of people that would try and and put a limit or control on it there is no limit and there is no control it is what it is. It's huge. Okay, Psalm 5710, somebody? For your mercy reaches unto the heavens and your truth unto the clouds. All right. 
All right, and, and pretty much that's what you see in this verse. It's a repeat of this verse. And, and what's important about that is there's another spot, okay, another place in Scripture says the same thing. And when you see things repeated through the Scriptures, what you can get from that is that there's a reason why it's repeated. What you can get from that is that there's an idea here, there's a concept here that needs to be known. And, and you'll see that it's not, those aren't the only two places either. That this is something that God wants us to understand. This is something that, that the people who wrote the Psalms, they want us to understand. This is something that, that the Holy Spirit wants us to understand is that His mercy, His loving kindness, His love and His grace are huge. And as that verse said in Psalm 57, 10, it talks about His faithfulness. And that word faithfulness in, in, in the Old Testament in Hebrew can also be translated as truth is what it says in Psalm 57.10. It could just as easily say it there. It says it reaches to the clouds. Now, think about clouds. Do cloud, clouds stand still? No, no. You know, and what happens is clouds, they, they're moving. They get blown around by the wind. Sometimes they break apart. Sometimes they come together, like in Syracuse, all the time where they're just covering the sky. And blocking out the light, yeah. Yeah, things like that. And, and so clouds, okay, they're kind of, you know, they're not, they're not something that's just stationary most of the time in most places. And so, and so you think about clouds and how his faithfulness reaches the clouds. Well, they're ever-changing targets, the clouds are. So if you're going to reach the clouds, and you get well, it's here now, but maybe the clouds over here, it could be over there, and so the clouds are changing space, they're changing uh, location, and so if we're going to reach the clouds, then then we have to be able to move where the clouds are. Well, his faithfulness, though, is always the same. His truth is always the same, but he reaches. The clouds where they are. And so what that speaks to us is it speaks about our lives, right? Circumstances, situations, whatever we're facing that seems to be moving, seems to be constantly changing, seems to be that, that what we thought was solid yesterday may not be solid today. In our life, what we thought, no, not so much, but this, not that. Well, his faithfulness, he's the same. But he reaches us where we're at. And, and he pours out that faithfulness and he pours out that truth into our life no matter where we're at. You know, you think about where you came from, where God met up with you. Where was that? I don't, I don't know for you. I know where it was for me. And I know what I was like then. And I, I'm not like that anymore. And my life doesn't reflect that anymore. I mean, I was a sophomore in college in a dorm room. And my life was completely different than it is now. But he met me there. But you know what's great about him is he's the same now. All right? He's still the same. The same God that met me there, however many years ago that was, He's the same guy that meet me tonight, too, in my bed. But my life's totally different. My life's totally changed. We're in two different parts of, of, of even God's creation. We're two different parts, two different places. But he's the same. 
And he's still faithful. And he's still true. And he's still meeting me where I'm at. And where I'm going to be in ten years isn't where I'm at now. Where I'm going to be in five years isn't where I'm at now. Or in twenty years or thirty years is not where I'm at now. And that's, that's okay. But he's the same. And so his mercy is huge. His love, his loving kindness, his grace is huge. Bigger than we really conceive of it as. It's just, it's bigger. And, and so... That, that's huge, but then his faithfulness, his truth, they reach the clouds. In other words, right where we're at. So we've got a really, really, really big loving kindness and love and grace and mercy. And we've got a God of truth and of faithfulness that's reaching us right where we are. Even if it's kind of shifting or, or it's here today, maybe not tomorrow, and we really don't know what's going on. He's still reaching us, and, and he's still consistent in our lives. And as I said before, we can't narrow the reach uh, of, his, of his mercy. We can't narrow the reach of his faithfulness. Somebody look at uh, 2 Timothy 2.13. 2 Timothy 2.13. Yeah, you see what that says? It's like if we are faithless, which sometimes, you know, as we're being blown around or life is what it is, we're not really where we need to be or thought we would be. He's still there. He's still there. Because like I said, what are we talking about? We're talking about a description of God's nature, his character. And like it says there, he can't deny who he is. He is who he is, so he's faithful. Well, what if we're unfaithful? He's still faithful. What if we're not where we thought we'd be? He's still faithful. What if, what if we took two steps back the other day? He's still faithful. He's still true. And, and that's the place I believe that God has for us so that we can rest in Him. We can find a peace in our relationship with Him and a joy in our relationship with Him. That it's not a competition. We're not going to impress him, nor should we even try. We are who we are. And who we are is changing and is dynamic as human beings. And so in that dynamic nature of our lives, there he is with us. He's the same. We're not. He's faithful even when we're not. He's true even when we're not. Because that's his nature. And he can't deny himself. So we can count on him. And I want you to contrast that with the way some of you grew up. I do. I want you to contrast that. Because that is a contrast. With the way some of you grew up. Some of you grew up with a God that if you messed up, he was mad at you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was reflected through, could be reflected through your mom or your dad. Or it could have been directly taught to you that that's the way God treats you. And that's the way God is. And I want you to allow some of this to begin to displace some of that. And I wanted to call it out specifically. That you allow this to begin to displace some of that. 
How big is his love? Bigger than you can really even understand. It's huge. How big is his loving kindness? How big is his grace? It's it's huge. How big is his mercy? You can't you can't really get it all into your brain. It's that big, it's that huge. And what if I mess up? He's still there. What if I fail? He's still there. What if I took two steps back? He's still there. Because that's who he is. And let that begin to displace some of the stuff that's messed up. Because really, this is in, and and it's drawn this way to be in contrast to us. Because we're not that great at being faithful all the time. All right? So, So that's a big contrast. We're not even great at being merciful all the time, are we? Or loving? Or kind? Or patient? And, you know, and I mean, we're growing in those things, and, and we're developing those things in our life, but I don't know that any of us are really awesome at any of those things, but he is. And there's a contrast, a stark contrast, that's being drawn between us and him. And it's supposed to be drawn that way. Why is it supposed to be drawn? Why would the psalmist take the time to draw that contrast? Well, because this is why. It's imperative that we keep together. That that if you want to put God beside us, there's going to be a stark contrast. Yes, understand that. Learn to live in that. Why? Why? Because that's how he shines a light on our life. That's how we change. That's how we grow. That's how we know who he is. And that's how we know who ourselves are. That's how that happens. And if every time we're drawn side by side and there's a stark contrast, we run and we hide, or we pretend we're something we're not, we're not going to grow, we're not going to mature, and we're not going to know God for who he is. And we really won't know ourselves very well either. We just won't. There needs to be the contrast for us to understand him and for us to understand who we are. Somebody look at Ephesians 3.18. Ephesians 3.18. May have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. Keep going. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. All right. Now, here's Paul writing to the Ephesians and saying that he still needs to know how big God's love is. He still needs to know. So, so here we are. like, well, we need to know. I mean, I think Paul the Apostle was, you know, pretty good guy. I think he wrote over half the New Testament, and he was apostle to the Gentiles, and he established a bunch of churches, and he trained a bunch of leaders. I think all that's true. But he needed to know the love of God, more of it. He needed to know how big it was. He needed to know how big it was. So I need to know how big it is. I'll throw myself on that. I need to know how big it is. And, and maybe you need to know how big it is. All right, I'm going to go on a limb. You need to know how big it is. All right, I'm just jumping right out there. I'm going to jump right out there and say, you need to know how big God's love is. Every one of you. 
I gotta go back to me. I need to know how big God's love is. I really do. And I can and I only encourage you that that you get that in your head. I wanna know. I wanna know. I wanna know how big God's love is. I wanna know. And let him reveal that, let him show that to you. See, part of the way he shows that is that contrast. What good is contrast? Anybody that's an artist of some kind or a photographer? Why do you need contrast? To show depth. Okay, depth. What else? What is contrast? What else is contrast? Our eyes are always drawn toward contrast. All right. Our eyes are drawn toward it. It shows depth. What else? And even more, right, even more basic, why do you need contrast in something? You see it. Yeah, you need to be able to see it, right? So you got to define things. That's why contrast is important. So you know, if I want to know who God is, I need a contrast from me. Otherwise, God's just me. Do you understand that? You know, if I can't see a contrast with God, he's just me. So what, he's petty? And he, and he what? He judges people, and, and he's angry, and whatever else I am, is that, is that God? Because I can't draw a contrast? Well, yeah. We need the contrast. The contrast has to exist so we can understand who he is. And then you can begin to talk about other things like depth. You can begin to understand, okay, he becomes even more attractive. As we see that contrast, we see even deeper into who he is as we see that contrast. But the very most basic thing and the most, the, the, the most bottom line reason we need contrast is so he's not us. That's the problem. Because most of the time, if God looks like us, he's just a petty jerk. And, and I think that's a problem with a lot of people in their view of God. He never gets bigger or better than they are. It's like, well, that's what I would do. Yeah, but you're not him. Get a contrast. Well, I don't, I don't see, I don't understand why he would do that. Right, because you're not him. Get a contrast. Well, I think God would do this, this, and this. Shut up. You have no idea what God would do. You get a contrast. That's what you would do. You know, and, and we've had these discussions before with people who judge God. Why? Because they judge themselves. He's no bigger than they are. There's no contrast. So I, I want to encourage you that there's got to be this contrast, but we have to become comfortable with it. We have to become comfortable with the contrast that we are who we are, God is who he is, and we are becoming and we are growing and, and there's changes happening in our life, but they're not all happening at once and there's going to be contrast and there needs to be contrast. And here's how I want you to think about it. Which one of these situations would you rather be? You want to be the thief that's creeping up into a house, and they're about to climb into a window, all of a sudden a spotlight gets shown on them? That guy? Or would you rather be a flower that the sunshine is shining on, and you're opening up your petals, and you're receiving all the light you can get? All right? See, those are two different ways of looking at the light. All right? God's there you got a contrast going on. He's shining a light into our life. 
if we're the thief heading into the window or out of the window or wherever it is we're heading to, you get caught, you know that feeling. I hate that feeling. I hate it. I hate that feeling. When I was a kid, we used to, I think I already, when I was a kid, we used to play this game where we would be like secret agents or something. And, and so we would go and we would hide. It was, it was like an advanced form of hide and seek. And then we'd have to go find each other or, or do other things or we would have assignments that we'd have to do. And there was, there was one time that the neighbors that were across the street, they didn't lock their house when they would leave. Most people in our neighborhood didn't. And so I had to go get something. I forget what it was. It wasn't anything of any value, but I had to go find something. I knew their house was unlocked, so I went to their house to get it. It was like a paperclip or something. And so I was in their house, and while I was in their house looking through the drawers for a paperclip, they came home while I was in the house. So I hid, all right? So I hid. And so I'm hiding, and they're in the house, they're moving around everything, and I'm pretty well hidden, so they're just moving around. But I began to think to myself, how long can I hide here? How long? How long am I going to last here? And I know dinner time's coming. Supper time's coming. All right? So I got a problem. I got, I got a time problem, and I got a patience problem. I'm not going to stay in that position for what? Am I going to creep out of there, you know, when they go to work the next day? When am I going to get out of there? And so, and so what ended up happening was, is that at one moment, when I thought there were another part of the house, I busted out of my hiding place and just ran out the door <laughs> and ran right home. <laughs> I hate getting caught, man. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. And it's a terrible feeling getting caught, you know, doing something or whatever. And, and somehow, some way in our relationship with God, we need to redefine that. But we're not getting caught. All right? We're, we're soaking it in. We're just soaking it in. It's like sun shining. I want more. And I felt that way. I felt like a flower in the sunshine. I was in Florida last week. And I was just soaking it in, man. I was outside. It was 60-something degrees. Everybody was wearing a jacket. I wasn't. I had shorts and a T-shirt on. I was standing out by the pool without a shirt on, you know, just soaking it in. Because the sun was out. Radiant heat, man. And they were thinking, all right, he's crazy. Yeah, well, I want it. I want it. I want that light. I want that feeling. I want it. And there's a real shift in perspective that needs to happen for us. We're not getting caught, we're soaking it in. And see, the contrast is good. And if we can see the contrast is good, and we see him shine the light, well, that's good. We're not going to hide. We're not going to hate it. We're not not somebody getting caught, we're soaking it in. And I encourage you, whatever needs to happen, maybe, maybe that's enough what I just said for you to change your perspective. Maybe, if you're willing, that might be enough to begin thinking differently. Maybe. But, but try. Try it. Give it a shot. Try it on. Try it on. I, I find it comfortable. I do. I find it comfortable to, to, to really want to soak it in, to soak him in. To soak in the contrast between me and him. I, I find that place really comfortable and comforting to be.
because I, I want more. I want to grow more. I want to live more. I, I want to know more. I want to love more. I want to forgive more. All those things. I want to soak it in. Third thing he talked about is, is righteousness, mercy, faithfulness, righteousness. And, and righteousness, he describes as, as being like uh, a mountain. And the, and the thing I just want you to see, the picture you get from a mountain, is that the roots are deep and it's strong and stable. And, and that's who he is. Deep roots, strong and stable. And I, you know, the, the winds come, they hit mountains. Mountains are still there. Hurricanes come, they hit mountains. And the mountains are still there. Uh, not long after I started uh, hiking up in the Adirondacks, we were doing the, uh, I, I was doing the 46 highest peaks up there. This was years and years ago when I first started. And I was on a trail and trying to get back from, I'd been up doing a bunch of summits and it was starting to get dark. And so there was a trail I could go down that uh, would have been faster and cut some time off. But as I started down the trail, everything was great. And then I got a little bit further down, and then it was just trees were everywhere. They'd been knocked over. And there'd been a hurricane that had come through a year before that, one or two years before that, called Hurricane Floyd, that had come through that area and just knocked down the trees. And, and there were some places I was climbing up and over through trees that I was 10 feet off the ground trying to get through the trees. There was that many, and they were on top of each other. And it just blew them down. And it made me think, it's like, you know how strong trees are? They're pretty strong. It just snapped them off like twigs. But you know what didn't get moved? That mountain was still there. It was still there. And as strong as I think those trees are, and, and I can't physically do anything to affect those trees. I mean, I can't get my arms around some of those trees. And I could run up as hard as I can and run right into it. I'm going to get knocked out if I hit it head first. Because that tree's going to win that. Because that tree's stronger than me, and that tree can stand. It couldn't stand against that hurricane. But then I started contrasting that. It's like you got rows and rows of these trees just knocked over on top of each other. That mountain's still there. That mountain is still there. That mountain was not shaken. That mountain was not moved by that hurricane. And these big trees that I can't do anything with, they, they were just snapped off like a twig. That's how strong that wind was. But that mountain was still there. And so when the Bible describes things like mountains, I mean, they're talking about something deep and strong and stable. But another thing about the mountain is that the summit, and I've been on mountains like this, they reach up to the clouds. What did I describe clouds as? You know, that mountain doesn't move, but those clouds move through the mountain. That's circumstances, and that's things that change, and that's things that are or whatever they are, here today, gone tomorrow. But man, I've been on summits of mountains where I've looked down on the clouds. All right? And so there's something to be said about finding our footing there. Finding our footing on that mountain and in these clouds and all of these situations and circumstances move around us. 
as we find our footing on that mountain. The winds come, the rains come, the storms come, the hurricanes come. We find a solid place there. Now, when he talks about righteousness, that's kind of an interesting word. Because I think we have a lot of connotation to it. But basically, what you want to understand biblically when he talks about righteousness is God saying that we're okay. And, and there's a strong foundation of God saying we're okay. And we need to find our footing on that. You need to find your footing on that. Because your circumstance tomorrow may not be your circumstance today. And maybe you don't feel so good about yourself tomorrow like you do today. Or maybe you don't feel so good about you know where God and you are tomorrow as you do today. Maybe you just read an extra eight chapters in your Bible today and you're feeling just really super spiritual. Or that you prayed a little extra or something, you know, and everything's awesome. All right, great. Well, maybe tomorrow you don't. You skip out. You don't have time to pray. You're not feeling so good. Well, your footing needs to be on a mountain that says, thumbs up. Thumbs up, Reba. You're okay. You too, Sarah. Yeah. You see, you, you find that spot on that, 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 nice, that nice mountain, that stable place that is firmer than anything on earth. That's where you find your footing. You're all right. All right, so you didn't read those extra eight chapters today. It's okay. You didn't, you didn't pray that extra long. That's all right. You know what? Get it tomorrow if you want. But we, we, the, the point is, is that it's not based on us earning something like that. It's just what God says. That as New Testament believers, we have the righteousness of who? You know, remember this? Righteousness of Christ. You don't get much more righteous than that. You think about the Father and the Son. What do you think the Father thinks of the Son? Tell me. Right? Right? So that's our righteousness. That's a mountain we have. That's a mountain for us to find you know, stability on, to step on, and to be secure on, to find a security. You need a security. You do. You need a security. I need a security. We need a security. We do. And that's a mountain we can find that security on. That's a good solid rock of security. There was a guy that um, used to go to church here. And one day he shared a vision that he had. Um, and, and I do want to give a disclaimer. This guy did a lot of drugs. But he shared a vision. He shared a vision one time. I'm, I'm not kidding you. He did. But he shared a vision one time about how uh, he saw Jesus. And Jesus was riding a horse. And as he was, it was a, a white stallion, and he was riding his horse. It was a, a you know the victory. I mean Jesus, you know, commanding the armies of heaven. And and he was on his horse. And he was riding his horse, and he said that in the vision Jesus turned and he looked right at him. He was in this vision. He looked right at him and gave him the thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
And as silly, as silly as that sounds, that picture has never left me. <laughs> Ever. You remember that, right? Bondi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, hard to forget. Yeah, and, and so, as, like I said, kind of a silly, in a way, a silly picture, but also, but not silly in the sense of the truth behind it. The truth behind it is, is that we've been given the righteousness of Christ. And the Father loves the Son with an everlasting love. I mean, it, it's, it's powerful. It's powerful. There's a security in that that God has for us. A confidence that he wants to give us. Firmer than anything on earth. And then there's one last word here. I wasn't even sure I was going to get to this, but toward the end of the second verse we're looking at, it's the word judgment. And that word literally means, and, and again, you hear that word, and I won't even ask you your first thought when you hear the word judgment. I don't even want to know. But in the Hebrew, in this sense, it means this. I'm going to give it to you. God's decisions and acts in regard to us. God's decisions and acts in regard to us. That's, that's his judgment. You know, you think about you know, when, a, when a judge makes a judgment, you know what that means? It's like a judge could make a judgment in your favor for a thousand dollars, couldn't he? Yeah. Or five grand or ten grand. He could make a judgment in your favor that uh, whatever it is, case dismissed. He can make a judgment in your favor that uh, whatever. I mean, it's 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 his it's his decisions and acts in regard to us. That's what it is. Well, it describes his judgments as the deep, like the bottom of the ocean, like in the ocean, all right? But the, what happens when you look down into the ocean? You can't see the bottom. You can't. Well, even, let's say you went out to Skinny Atlas, and you know that water's clear, right? Skinny Atlas Lake? And it's super clear water. But if you're looking out over the edge of a boat, how far down can you see, even on a sunny day? You can see a certain depth, right? Even if it's super clear, but you, you generally, if, if the bottom's more than 10 feet away, you're not going to be able to see the bottom. Right? So, what happens? What happens? What, what happens as you're looking into the water? Why, why can't you see the bottom if it's clear? It's dark, okay? So one thing is there's a lack of light. Light can't penetrate that far. Right. So the light doesn't go that far. And what else besides the light? Our eyes can't see it. Right. Right. It is obscure. Our sight is limited just by the nature of our eyeballs. It's limited. So, so our, there's not enough light and... Our vision's limited. And so when it comes to, to God, and it comes to his decisions and acts in regard to us, we can't always see them. We just can't. That it, it, it's not that they're necessarily, and I want you to understand what I'm about to say here, it's not that they're necessarily hidden, but there's not enough light on them, and our eyes aren't, just aren't able to see them. Our sight is limited. And so his decisions and his acts in regard to us are a matter of progressive revelation. 
most of the time. And sometimes we just don't know. It hasn't been revealed and we can't see it. That's okay. Because if everything is in place that I talked about so far, then that part's okay. Right? In other words, if we're living in such a way that we realize His mercy, His loving kindness, His love and His grace are huger, then we can really put our head around. It's just humongous. And we realize that His faithfulness and His truth is reaching us and he is, he's faithful regardless of our situation or our circumstance that we have a righteousness in Jesus that we're safe and we're okay. If we can get that all those parts down, I want you to think about for a second, do you have to know everything? Or can you maybe trust him? Yeah. See, this is where the trust and the faith comes in. I don't know everything. I can't see everything. His, his decisions and his acts in regard to me aren't totally clear to me. My, my sight limits me, my ability to see. Now, I can see some of them. I can see to a certain depth, but I can't see all of them. I have enough light that I can see that deep, that far. I see that one. I don't see past that. That's okay. Because the rest of the things here are, are in play in my life. The rest of these things, these meanings are, are working in my life and, and actually meaning something to me. Like his love is so big and his faithfulness is so huge and his righteousness. I, I found a security and a safety in this. I don't have to know everything. I just don't. Can I, can I keep looking? Sure. Can I keep searching him out? Yeah. He shows me things? Good. In part, I'll trust him. Maybe something's hidden from me? I'll have a little faith that he's got my back. He's got my best interest in mind. I'll believe that. It's a hard place to live believing God's after you. It's a good place to live believing that God's got your best interest in mind and he's looking out for you. That's a great place to live. And sometimes you get half a story and you got a decision to make because the first half of the story may not be in your favor. you got a decision halfway through. Oh, God's after me? No, his love is bigger than I can even conceive of. His faithfulness is reaching me even now in this moment when things aren't going my way. I know his righteousness is intact because Jesus is intact and I have a safety and a security in that. No matter what storm is coming my way, no matter what thing is blown up against me, I know I stand firm because I'm on this mountain. I got it. This is my base. I may not be able to see the rest of it. I got a decision to make. God's after me or God's got my best interest in mind and I'm going to believe him for the best. What's your decision? Can you understand me? you don't know and so I don't know about you but I want to assume the best I'm going to believe for the best and I'm going to pray for the best that's what I'm doing and I'm going to find rest and peace in that because all of this everything is to keep us in life and keep us in well-being that's why this is all here 
That's why he has this in place, because there's his purpose and his plan for us. Say, well, well, how do you ever, I mean, why wouldn't everybody just live this way? Well, I can give you a short answer on that. The devil hates this. And, and you know, I'm not a big, the devil made me do it kind of guy. But I do know this, is that he deceives us, and he wants to deceive us out of this life. He does. And we're, sometimes we're just going to believe it. And, and it's those times we believe it that we just walk away from the good life that God has for us. Because this is the good life that God has for us. And he wants to keep us in this life, and he wants to keep us in well-being. That's what God's provided for in our life. All we've got to do is just stay in it. Just stay in it. Don't become the smartest person on the face of the earth and do something smarter, okay? Don't become the prideful person that's just going to do your own thing. Don't. Don't become that person that, oh, well, I'll just figure out a better way. No, you won't. You won't. You think you will, but you won't. Don't be that person. Don't be that person that, that has uh, the better idea. Don't do it. Don't do it. This is the life God has for us, and it's good. It's awesome. It's well-being. And it's where God has for us and wants for us to be. Anybody have any questions or comments? Does this make sense? So far? Well, that's it. So does it make sense? All right, good. I'm glad you got to the deep part. The deep part? I got it. Yeah, it was at the bottom here. I got to it. The way I started, I didn't think I was gonna, but I got to it. Yeah, me too. Anybody else? Any comments, questions? Excellent. Let's pray. Thanks, Father. I just thank you for revealing yourself and i want to say thanks for your word too because you show us who you are uh not not somebody's opinion not somebody's uh, idea about who you are but you just show us who you are you reveal yourself and i want to say thanks for that that throughout the scripture throughout the the bible you reveal yourself consistently and god i pray that uh, the ideas that we have of you and the way that we understand you would be based on your self-revelation and the way that you want us to understand you. And I pray, God, that the good ideas that we get from tonight, the, the revelation that we receive, that self-revelation from God that we receive tonight, I pray those revelations will begin to displace the lies, uh, displace the, 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 the false ideas, displace the, the misrepresentations, of what maybe we thought or were taught or were modeled for us or whatever it is. But God, I pray that your revelation would begin to displace those things in our lives. Or maybe for some of us, just fill an empty spot. This is who you are. This is who you are. Big love and, and big faithfulness. Uh, a, a big righteousness that we have the righteousness of Christ. A progressive revelation and understanding 
of your will and your purposes for our life. Thanks, God. Thank you, God. I pray that we'd leave behind some things tonight, but that we'd pick some really good and powerful things up. For God, I ask you that we'd live, and I pray that we would live well, and that our being would be well, and, and that, God, we would learn what it is to live in that kind of a grace and peace and that kind of a love and that kind of a joy. That kind of a safety. A real place of safety in our lives. So thanks. Thanks for your love tonight. Thanks for filling us with your kindness. We thank, Thanks for your grace. Thanks God that you are always faithful and true. Thanks. Thanks, God, for the righteousness we have in Christ. That it's all about Him. And we can be safe in that. God, I just say thanks that we have room to grow. And I pray that we will we'll mature and that we'll grow. And that we'll have you fill us with hope for tomorrow. And hope for the next day. And hope for the day after that. I pray for more and more hope in our lives that things are changing and things are moving and that we're growing and becoming, God. So, God, thanks for your truth tonight. Thanks for your presence here in this place. God, change our minds, change our hearts. Draw us closer to you. For we ask it in Jesus' name. I agree by saying amen. 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 Good to see everybody tonight. Thank you for coming, and we'll see you again soon.